Open up your books, you bad apples. Hello, everybody. Nice. Welcome to the Bad Apple Book Club. Um, switching it up here because uh, your, your hosts are recording locally. In, yeah. uh, in sorry, but in the last episode, in Dracula Part 1, I didn't know Cole was going to be in my neck of the woods, and I said, we're going to record in the same room one day, and Cole's like, whatever you say, buddy. And then <laughs> this is whatever, a week, two weeks later, something like that, I called it. From the top, I didn't even know anything, and now we're both recording on the same microphone in my living room. Yeah, yep, um, and... I'm I'm Cole Lang, by the way. Lucas Nord here. Uh, so we got that out of the way. Um, and you know what? I, I flew halfway across the world just to be um, scolded by a young girl in a pickup truck. Um, Not 20 in, minutes ago. In my hometown. And she said to me and Lucas both, uh, she said, Hello, losers. And I, that was just very rude. It set a good tone for the episode that we're doing today, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula Part 2. Part 2, baby. Yep. Did that leave an impression on you? Like pretty... I was very excited to record, but I think, I think we gotta, we might want to wait a while. <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll never recover from this. Um, New episode in two weeks. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, but to give you guys a bit of a recap... On the first Ooh. part, uh, honestly, can't even remember the last recap we had. Yeah, honestly, it was just Jonathan uh, being tortured by Dracula. <laughs> he, uh, he's in over his head right off the bat, but you can't blame him because he's traveling the country. He's meeting new exciting people that are like calling him a devil and a vampire. He's collecting recipes as he goes which is one of my favorite little details from that first bit is he's, he's writing down in the culture yeah he's taking in the culture he's like i never even heard of this food before and i just asked the old lady how to make it and i can't wait to make it at home with my dear sweet fiance yeah mina 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 edwards yep and uh jonathan he is he's a solicitor and he's preparing this deal for a mysterious guy named Dracula, Count Dracula, and uh, he's gonna get him a house in London because Dracula he loves London. He's read all the books about it. Oh, every he's read just all the books. He knows even more than Jonathan does, and John John lives there. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, Dracula's like, so is that bar down the street from my house? Is that like how are the hours work there? And J Jonathan's like. I didn't even know there was a bar down the street. <laughs> we we just went through a pandemic. Uh, oh yeah, haven't been to the bars. Yeah, uh, same thing back. But then. you got another thing coming to yep. London. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, he's like making his way through Europe, and he's doing all that stuff, and he finally gets there, and then Dracula, you know, warm, welcoming guy at first, but there's like a lot of details that are off. You know, he he doesn't eat. He doesn't. He stays up all night, which, you know, not too abnormal, but, um, he, yeah, he just, uh, He also scales the walls like a lizard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one is a little more, a little more out there. Yeah, a little bit unnatural, um... I've done that though. Um, I've, oh. I've locked myself out of the house. I, it's happened, you know, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, and... 
in in my house in Germany, like there's a bunch of patios out back, and they're all connected because I live by multiple people. And I locked myself out, and the back door was open, so I had to climb like three okay. stories from my neighbors, like Dracula. Uh, but I was just scaling these like patio um, fixtures and everything. So that was the most exciting thing I've done since. Uh, I don't know, maybe going to Valley Fair. Honestly, that does sound, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like, that's like the real deal Valley Fair. The best part is that when you're going to Valley Fair, you at least know that you're going to like get an adrenaline rush going on a roller coaster. But that day you're like, all right, I locked myself out and now people are going to watch me climb three stories of patios. That, I mean, that does sound like fun. Yeah. Yep. It was a uh, very exhilarating, um, but yeah, Dracula, he's doing a bunch of weird stuff and John, he basically says, like, you know what, I gotta get out of here. And, you know, <laughs> Understatement is, of the century. Yeah, you know, I saw these beautiful women, you know, I thought they were gonna do some, you know, some nice things for me. He was ready for what was he ever was, was coming. He knew what was coming. Um, you know, they're very sexy, very sexy women. Um, and Jonathan was ready for what was gonna happen. But, uh, yeah, like, they turned out to be real. It was a very dreamlike state he was in. Dracula just kept on pushing his date out when he could leave, oh and then um, finally Jonathan does break free, and the last part we left on was we were introduced to a man named Dr. Seward, who has a patient named Renfield, who is acting very strange. He's not really displaying human behaviors, I guess you could say. Renfield is such an interesting bit of the story thrown in there right off the right off the bat. Yeah. Um this book starts off, like we probably said, with like its own little story with Jonathan going to the castle and then it sets the groundwork so well. It's yeah. incredible. It's like that first whatever fifty or sixty pages is some of my favorite stuff I've ever read. Yeah. But it's crazy. It it starts you off, it throws you in the deep end, and then <laughs> it's like, all right, there's this guy named Renfield and Mina and Quincy, Lucy. Lucy. We get to know Lucy. We'll get to know Lucy in this episode. We'll get to know everyone. Yeah. Maybe not in this episode. A lot of new characters, um, but it's manageable. It's yes, manageable. it is. Oh, yeah. It's no Game of Thrones. No, no. Bram has his four or five characters, and he sticks to the script. He's not uh, He's not going into the fourth and fifth books adding ten new characters so that you know the story <laughs> will never wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you make it so the TV show will wrap it up for you, and you'll see just oh, how the yeah. ending, just Every- how the ending works out for you. Everyone preferred that ending to the one that we have now, <laughs> but unfortunately, Bram Stoker did not have TV back then, so he couldn't, uh, you know, pilot test this this uh, book for people. So he, that was back in the days when you just hoped that what you were writing was spun gold, and then this did turn out to be spun gold, evidently, and a play. And a play. Uh, you ready to begin Dracula Part 2? Yes, I am. Alright, so Mina, which is Jonathan Harker's fiance at the moment, and her best friend Lucy, are visiting a town on the coast of England called Whitby. Now, this is actually an interesting setting for the story, because this is where Stoker was really inspired for the gothic architecture. There is a an abbey 
which is like in ruins in this specific town and this is the same like church he will use that dracula is um uh nearby like his his new real estate so it's a very cool like ruined church like an abbey i guess is a place for monks and nuns um so this town just had is like this coastal town and like really interesting gothic architecture that really spoke to stoker at the time talking about um you know books that you have preconceived notions of because it's such a popular um franchise or whatever once again, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, so many people know that for the movie compared to the book or A Clockwork Orange. You go in with, like, preconceived notions of what everything's going to look like, but Dracula, it's so old, and I have seen that first movie within the last year or two, mm-hmm. but um, this book just paints some really good imagery, and it's another one of those things where everything was just completely imagined, and I got, like, I still got the setting of this town ingrained in my brain with like uh, the water washing up on the beaches with the cemetery like overhanging yeah. everything and yeah. uh, it paints a very vivid scene and we got to remember too that Dracula's new dream house that he's moving to in England right in between uh, the madhouse and the <laughs> crusty <laughs> the, old church yeah the church uh, you know both going to the same place on mm. Sundays you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay yep, 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 yep <laughs> just yep, yep. kidding just kidding um uh, so yeah, like this inspired him a lot. Um, and like it even had bat infested like graveyards and like bats oh, were always good, flying good, around. Good, good, good. So, um, you want to be careful of bats though, because I feel like bats are one of the number one spreaders of rabies. Oh yeah. I mean, there was that, I don't know how true it was, but with COVID, you know, people were like, oh, bat soup, you know, I still don't eat. know if that's, is that true? The world will never know. Probably. Yeah. Yep, unfortunately not. Um, but, so this town, like, in the book, it has, like, a lot of famous tales and legends. You know, it's a sea town. Like, it's a port town. So there's, like, a lot of cool sailor stories. Yeah, a lot of people coming and going. Yep. And so Mina and Lucy, they're just chilling there. And there's this man who walks up to them. And it's a very old man. Yeah, he is. And uh, his face is, quote, all gnarled and twisted like the bark of a tree. And he speaks like his face is all gnarled and twisted like the bark of a tree because uh, Bram writes in, like, the accents. Yeah. And (laughs) this is, like, the first real taste of that, whatever, however many pages in, and it's, like, incomprehensible what this guy is saying. Lucy and Mina, they're just... They're like, oh, hey, hey, guy, like, how's it going? And they want to know about, like, all these legends, you know? There's, like, so many cool stories about this city, and then he's like, ah, you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about the local news that's going around. Uh, old, old Lucy, or, I mean, <laughs> not you, Lucy, uh, Sally, old Sally out back, she, uh, she just... Uh, opened up a bakery downtown um and yeah that that is so interesting and so then he goes on to like pretty much tell a story or i guess like a local legend even though he hates them and he says (laughs) (laughs) that like all the graves at the abbey are empty because the bodies have been lost at sea so uh pretty spooky and then what do they end up putting 
uh, what do they end up putting down, I forget, when they don't have an actual body to bury? There's, like, a specific phrase for, like, a tombstone that's literally... Well, yeah, for, like, someone lost at sea or that, like, didn't come back from war. I'm gonna look that up now, too. It might be, like, an epitaph. Cenotaph. Cenotaph? I was pretty close. A grave where the body is not present. A memorial erected as over a grave, but at a place where the body has not been interred. Huh. Yep, looks like any other grave. So yeah, this is a... I'm sure some places like this specifically, too, you know, with so many people coming and going. I, got, I bet they got, like, graveyards full of, like... No one had to do any dirt digging. It's basically yeah. like getting that. Hey, and hey, that's where the money's at if you're going to be like a funeral director or something. <laughs> oh, another one lost at sea. Well, we, that'll be a couple. That'll be a hundred bucks for the tombstone. We got the naval cemetery here, and uh, yeah, it's low maintenance. Yeah, you know, that's why I like most about the job, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the benefits could use some work. Yeah. Um, the pension plan kind of sucks, but what can you do? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so like. After he's all done telling them, yeah, he's like, but see all these gravestones? Uh, nobody's in them. Uh, you know, because they're all lost at sea. They all died. Uh, he just kind of leaves. <laughs> and uh, Lucy, she starts to talk about her wedding plans because um, she, we mentioned in the last episode, she had like three different guys she was talking to. And she finally decides to go with um, Arthur. Lucy's uh, she's very popular. Yeah, yep. You gotta love it. Yep. Um, you know, and and Mina's like, you know, that that's great. I'm so happy for you, but I'm really worried about my husband Jonathan, who uh, hasn't really been writing to me lately, and he's with this weird guy named Dracula. So, yeah, he's like, uh, I mean, Mina and Jonathan are just so in love in the first place. Mm -hmm. And in the second place, he, like, uh, they they regularly correspond. So the second she's sitting around waiting for a letter, she's like, all right, something's wrong because Jonathan... Jonathan loves me. My Jonathan would have gotten back to me by now. He texts me back within five minutes. Immediately. You know, and once that six-minute mark hits... I'm calling the mm-hmm, cops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm calling mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. cops. Yep. Um, but it is pretty worrying. It's been probably a couple weeks here, um, and getting really inconsistent. Uh, Plus, letters. we know up to this point that she got the letters that Dracula made him write. Yep. Yep. She does have those, and she's like, "Huh, that wasn't planned." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so in another entry. Dr. Seward is talking about his new patient named Renfield, who we mentioned at the end of part one. And Renfield, he's a bit of a weirdo. He's uh, collecting flies. Oh. Um, and then he starts catching spiders. And, like, so basically he's catching all these flies. He's having the spiders eat them. And then he starts to capture sparrows, like the Birdman of Alcatraz, and everyone loves him. Um, And then once the sparrows eat the spiders, he wants a cat so the cat can eat the sparrow. What was the... Wasn't it like the old lady that lived in the shoe, or am I getting her mixed up with something? I remember that story about, like, 
the spider eating the fly and then like the cat eating the spider and then somehow the old lady ends up eating like everything doesn't she eat like a horse or something in that book yes i know what you're talking about that's the I next book think... we're covering yeah <laughs> spoiler alert yep. um now you guys know yep um i can't yeah i can't think of it specifically a lot of fun yeah um but so like he he's also like eating the flies too which is gross he's eating the spiders yeah and then he, well i mean <laughs> he's got a little notebook that he's writing everything down in, yeah and yeah. it's got numbers in it but it's like incomprehensible yeah and yeah what you find out is he's feeding the flies to the spiders yeah because he's like one spider is worth three flies, so if I get enough flies and I feed the spider, if I feed it ten flies, then that'll be 30 life essences I get out of eating the spider. But then if I can get a bird to eat the spider, and then one one bird is worth five spiders, but if it eats all the spiders... Uh, that's a lot of spiders it is a lot at of the spiders. end of the day. A lot of life essence. Yep. And, like, so Dr. Seward basically is like, you know this is a condition that he's just obsessed with, like, you know, what, what you're saying, like, soul capturing, like, capturing the life of something, he's obsessed with that, um, yeah, just really crazy. So, something about reading, like, the fact that this is an older book mixed in with the idea of being written from, like, so many different points of view. It's pretty interesting to read from a doctor's point of view from this era. I wonder how... I heard that Bram Stoker, he had, like, whatever bulletin boards full of notes for the story. Uh, like, literally, he poured over everything. History on vampires, history on the region, history on this, that, and the other thing. Hmm. So, I wonder how, like, accurate Dr. Dr. Seward's uh, prognosis is and stuff. You kind of get crime and punishment flashes like in the front of my copy of crime and punishment it said like this book was renowned for writing about um criminal psychology or well yeah just natural psychology in ways that uh, was like unknown oh, of the at first the time. person like and, thoughts and all that and yeah right that's what's so interesting about reading that book is that there are a lot of different parts that i think are easy to relate to and then it's you know so far back before anyone was writing about that. Mm -hmm. But it's good to know that Seward, uh, I don't think he ever once mentions that someone needs to be, like, leached or, like, bled or whatever, like, like, uh, that far back in the day. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he, he's definitely the more scientific approached man, and we'll meet someone later that might test him. (laughs) People, yeah, this, uh, like they say, it takes all kinds. This book has a lot of different directions. Yeah, very true. Um, but basically, like, Dr. Seward is very invested in this patient. He was seeing Lucy for some time, but... Now he's seeing Renfield. Yeah, now he's he, he was sad about Lucy not marrying him uh, for about a night, but then he's like, I got this new crazy patient that I love. Eureka! <laughs> yeah. Jackpot! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like, basically he believes he's zoophagus, um, which I don't know if that's an actual term. Zoophagia is Zoophagia. like a specific word, but if anyone knows anything about uh, roots, which I'm sure you're going to get into, phagia is to, like, eat. 
Oh, and then so animals. Yeah, yep. So zoophagia, you should be able to put it together. He's eating <laughs> the flies, he's eating the spiders. <laughs> he's going to your local zoo and he's like, it's yeah. buffet time, baby. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Um, so he, like I was saying, um, he's like looking at this patient, he's like, you know, I don't think he's really excited about the eating part. He's just more excited <laughs> that there's life being absorbed by each of these creatures and then he eventually eats the sparrow and then that's where they're like okay all right there's bird bones everywhere and like renfield, blood all over yeah renfield is the um it's pretty interesting he's like the i don't even know that we specifically come to learn that he's a vampire or whatever but he's like if he is just a madman, then he is what you might expect from a vampire with his back up against the wall. He's locked in a cell. He's not going to be eating anyone anytime soon. Yeah. This isn't spoiling anything, but he's, like, completely insane. Yeah. And so he's, like, he's kind of optimistic about it. He's, like, I, I'll, you know, take it where I can get it. Yeah. Flies and spiders. This is eating good today. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so he's very interesting. Honestly, one of my favorite parts is with him in it. Love Renfield. Um, and so Mina, she is once again worried about Jonathan. And if that wasn't enough, poor Lucy has been sleepwalking and exhibiting some very weird behavior at night. Um, so while walking one day, uh, they're both walking, Mina encounters, like, the old man from earlier that we're talking about with the, you know, gnarled face that looks like tree bark, whatever. Um, and he's like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> don't cut too many days left here. I'll give it a week's top <laughs> or a week tops. And, uh, he says, quote, death is all we can rightly depend on. Man. <laughs> that, you know, I had to read that for a second time. I was like, wow. You know, death his, is going to be there. His <laughs> follow-up, though. Death, number one. Number two, taxes. Yeah. Yep. You can uh, always depend on the tax man to get you. But, you know, <laughs> death will always be there. The undertaker um, will be there, too. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, your tax deadline might be extended a bit. but Maybe. Um, Death will always be there, uh, even more than your best friends. Death will be there. <laughs> um, and so he apologizes for the weird stories. He's like, you know, I really shouldn't have been talking about all those rumors. But um, and then all of a sudden, they see a boat drifting towards shore. And this old man, you know, he's got like 48 hours left. He's like, oh, it looks, it looks like it's Russian, a Russian boat. <laughs> Russian boat coming in. Yep. Uh, Schooner. Yep. And um, nobody is at the helm. So it's just like coming for shore and there's nobody on board. People can tell that it's um, drifting very aimlessly. A newspaper article is shown and it describes a furious, a furious storm and the boat they saw eventually hits the shore at Whitby, the town that uh, Mina is in and Lucy. And like I was saying, the crew is nowhere to be found, and there's a dead captain that is strapped to the wheel, holding onto a crucifix. Hmm. Yeah, not whatever's on this boat, you gotta turn around. You gotta go through customs. This is not good. 
Pretty weird. Um, and so once the boat gets to shore, a giant dog leaps onto shore and runs off into the country. And it's later reported that a large mastiff, is that how you say it? Mastiff. Mastiff, uh, which is a huge dog, um, like honestly could stand or fight for itself. Um, It's just been like slaughtered, like its throat is ripped open and it's like obvious it's like a giant beast or something did it because this is a big dog. And it's obvious that it's probably the big dog that got off the ship. Um, Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Two uh, completely unrelated incidents, if you yeah. ask me. It's a, it's a coincidence. Um, um, and so the boat is full of large wooden boxes, and they find the captain's log in it. And in the captain's log, he describes the trip. Uh, they... Depart from Russia, so I mean the old man was right. Like he's got the he's got the eyes, the naval eyes, whatever. And, and he's like, you know what? This this trip started out so good, maybe a little bit too good, um, but then one of our boys went missing. Oh. That was in the crew, um, and so the crew's morale just like instantly goes down. Uh, they're not having a good time. The the clown, you know, the class clown or the yeah. <laughs> of course, too. The first thing that happens is like the yeah, the life of the party goes missing. It'd be yeah. one thing if it was someone else. You need the captain and the life of the party. Yeah, and yeah. That, this guy just is nowhere to be seen. Yep. He uh, now everyone's just not having a good time. They can't even laugh. You know, it's mm-hmm. just no jokes are being cracked. It's just a. It's sad. Yep. He was the glue. And so they're convinced that something is on board. Like, people just don't disappear like this. So, um, and soon after, one of the men spot a tall, thin man who they don't recognize. Hmm. On the boat while they are in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Wasn't there when they're boarding. You know, the tickets were being checked. They're being scanned by the gatekeeper and, uh... Yeah, this guy just appears out of nowhere. How many places are there to hide on a boat? There's eight people, too. You figure, I'm not a boat fanatic. Mm. I almost don't know anything about them. But when you picture the big old, like, um, I don't know, old pirate ships, that's what I'm picturing from this era. I might be a couple hundred (laughs) years off. But you picture, like, the 20 guys on each side. Maybe it's the same size ship, but they only have six paddles on Uh, the entire thing. You know what I mean? Who knows? Um, Not me. A lot of empty wooden boxes. Huh. Empty wooden boxes. Yep. Weird. And, and a tall, thin man. So, huh. Weird. Um. So, yeah, like, the crew, they're searching the ship, like, up and down for days. And they're like, there's nothing here. They're like, open up the boxes, and there's nothing. Um, and then days later, another crew member disappears. So, like, this is, like, pretty scary. Like, uh, terrifying stuff. It's, you know, it's almost like fool me once, shame on you. Only this isn't, no one's being fooled here and it's not funny. But it's like, okay, one guy went missing. This is the craziest thing. Somehow, maybe, maybe, uh... 
Siegel dropped a rock on his head and he fell overboard. Like, all right, he's not coming back. We can't find him. But then the second guy goes missing and there's like, I don't know. You know, it's like I'm saying with the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, or however that goes. But like, now it's ratcheted up by a million percent, I would say. Yep. Uh, fool me three times, can't get fooled again. No. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what is it on, on um, BoJack Horseman? It's... Fool me once, shame on me, but teach a man to fool me and I'll be fooled for the rest of my life or something like <laughs> yeah. that. They're like searching and searching and members just, you know, you know, every, every three days another crew member just starts to disappear. Only eight people. Yeah. And so they finally reach the English Harbor and there is only four members left and they encounter a great fog that makes it impossible to continue like they can't navigate at all um and so two of them disappear out of that four and now it's just the captain and the first mate only two you need honestly yeah the rest of the crew you know disposable disposable they can be used up yep. uh honestly they're kind of slacking so maybe that's why oh <laughs> You know. You got the guy that knows how to, like, pilot the ship. But yeah. then, what does the first mate do? He's definitely important enough to be, like... Well, I suppose if the if a seagull drops a rock on the captain's head, the mm. first mate can probably jump right on the steering wheel, you think, Yeah, right? I think he'd be, like, vice captain. But oh, okay, I don't know. sure. That's what I'm picturing. I, I stick to the air. I, I, I don't go by sea. Yeah. Uh, okay, yep. I, yep, you wouldn't know anything about first <laughs> or second mates or no, anything like No, no, nope. no. Uh, third, fourth. Mm-mm. No. Um, yep. Yeah. But it seems like it's a high position. Um, and so, like, one, one night, the captain goes out to replace the first mate at the helm because, like, they're doing, you know, 12-hour shifts, you know, to uh, control the ship. But he doesn't find him at the wheel. Then the first mate comes up rushing, like, from the lower part of the ship. And he's, like, very frantic. And he's like, I just saw the dude. And I tried to stab him. But... The knife went right through him as if he was a ghost. And he's like, you know what? I think I've trained for this, so I'm going to go back down. Yep. <laughs> I just had to take a breather. Yeah, I. they actually have this in uh, naval basic training now. <laughs> ghost to combat. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, um, um, so he goes down there, but the captain's just like, okay, you know, all right, I, good luck to you. And then the first mate comes back up, and um, he's like, you know what, Captain, that fight is for something higher than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to we need to go. And he just jumps him off the ship, um, leaving the captain on board. And this is, you know, this is a true captain. He's going to stay with the ship, so yep. he ties himself to the wheel. And he has his crucifix in hand doing so. Just, you know, if with that. It's it's his last resort of protection, basically. So, it's, uh, yeah, very, very crazy story. Another awesome part to include. Um, also, the ship was called the Demeter or whatever. Mm-hmm. The 
It's like a Greek god or something. Whatever it's called is a movie being filmed right now. Oh. Just this specific part of Dracula being filmed into a movie for, like, some time to come out. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Whatever it's called, like, The Curse of the Demeter or something like that. Huh. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might like, be all right. I, I just imagine, like, this sounds like such a quiet, small town, but then this article comes out, and, like, the journalist probably got employee of the month, you know, um, maybe got an extra bread ration, you know, mm. at the local bakery, but, Ooh. yeah, just, I thought that was very neat, just, like, a newspaper clipping describing all these events. Yeah, another, um another perspective that the story is told from because so mm. far i think we only have jonathan and mina and yeah. arthur i suppose but yeah there's even newspaper clippings and like uh at one point at one point we'll get to like an interview someone does that someone like reads yeah telegrams yep. all that stuff yeah so phonographs we, or whatever they're called right yep. um yeah, phonograph recordings and telegrams. It's it's insane. Yep. Um, just a huge collection, and um, also just one of the little interesting things that makes it feel like, you know, if you were report. reading, if you were reading this out of like a giant old binder that was made of newspaper clippings and like handwritten stuff, that's yeah. kind of what the book could potentially feel like. It's like a personal investigator, yep. <laughs> like. Piecing it all together. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, Mina talks uh, about this huge storm, because they, they witnessed this thing, like, approach shore and everything. And she's like, you know, I, I still miss John. Like, every time she comes up, she's like, I miss John, you know. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, Lucy, she's still sleepwalking around. So, uh, Mina, she's... Um, you know, having a tough time and then probably getting uh, woken up by Lucy, just bumping over tables and stuff. Yeah, it's already stressful enough. I know Lucy's starting to act all... She's acting a little strange. Yep, so they're keeping each other's company because Mina is obviously very worried for her friend. But we'll also see a little bit of what this book has to offer, which is, uh, as it goes down the line, these two are great friends and... This book has a lot of great friendships in it. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Yep. And um, so it has been reported that the old man they talked to at the shore um, was discovered with a broken neck and uh, a fixation of horror on his face. So, yeah, this was a sleepy small town and now this ship comes and all chaos is being released. Heart attacks happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's too bad that this guy was out in public when it happened, but it just, you know, it happens. He, he he called it even. Yep. You know, and, and he has the broken neck, so like, it's, <sighs> broken neck and a heart attack, wow. Um, and so they decide to throw a captain, the captain of the ship, a funeral, and there is a dog who won't stop barking at this funeral and it's just like going crazy <laughs> like you, usually it's just like a well-behaved dog but it's like barking at something odd and I, I just always think like whenever you have like pets or something that um you know are involved with something paranormal that's just 
forever been creepy to me. Oh, and you know, um, who's to say what animals can and can't see? If cats can see in the dark, can they also see if you got, you know, some something like floating around the house with you? <laughs> uh, it's actually a DLC pack um, oh, okay, 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 <laughs> to okay. get the ghost the ghost goggles, the ghost vision. That would be pretty cool. <sighs> that would be neat. Um, so later, Mina awakes at night and finds that Lucy is missing from her bed. Um, since she only has her nightgown on, Mina doesn't really think she's wandered too far. So she's like, oh, maybe she's in the kitchen. She's not in the kitchen. Maybe she's in the, uh, closet. Well, she's not in the closet. So, uh, she goes outside and, uh, she sees that Lucy is in, like, her favorite chair by this ruined abbey that we've mentioned and she's just, like, in the moonlight, just, like, chilling. And uh, behind her is, like, this dark figure, like a like a tall, thin figure. <laughs> this is, like, the tenth time we've seen this tall, dark figure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and so, like, she's not wasting any more time. She's like, I gotta get over there. Like, this dude's trying to kiss my Lucy. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe even more than that. Maybe a hickey. Yeah, who Uh, knows. Yeah, and so, like, once she gets closer, she sees that the creature has red eyes, which we've seen before. Um, Jonathan actually noted it. Ooh. uh, With with, uh, the man he encountered. (laughs) Um, And so the figure disappears, and Lucy is asleep, uh, but she's having trouble breathing. And... So Mina, she wraps her in a shawl, basically, and, like, helps her home, like, escorts her home. And at home, she sees that Lucy has, quote, two red points on her neck. Um, but she's like, ah, it's nothing. Like, I must have poked her twice in a very parallel line yeah. with my safety pin when I was trying to wrap her up. Which... Once again, great friend. She's even got a blanket out there for her that she pins around her neck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a new meditation thing that's sure. hitting the town. Um, but once again, like, you read through this book and you're like, have these guys never heard of vampires? <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay, like... yeah. yeah, guys. All right, so, so far we got, like, the, the tall, dark figure and we got, like, the sharp teeth. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, like... Uh, did you not have Dracula back then? <laughs> Come on, like the book phenomenon. Um, uh, it is crazy how much you do just know about vampires from like pop culture and stuff from this book, but also what is there that you wouldn't expect. Even though you gotta admit, you know, not that I remembered their names, but people wrote Dracula. I almost <laughs> called it a Dracula book. People wrote vampire books, you know. 30 years before this ever came out too so this wasn't a brand new thing but we're seeing well we're seeing a lot of what we do know and there's a lot that we'll learn talking mm, about this a book. lot of stuff that I did not know just Dracula specific. well I mean Dracula specific and vampire specific and all that crap yeah yep um would have been awesome to read without any prior yeah yeah but we know what the deal is by now, so I guess it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. 
Um, so over the next two nights, Lucy attempts to sleepwalk, but Mina's like, you know what, I'm tired of you walking out at night and knocking shit over, so, um, I'm locking you in the room with me. And another night, Lucy sits up in bed and points at the window, and Mina's just like, what, what is that in the window? And it's... (laughs) It's this dang bat that's, like, fluttering there and, like, you know, like, hitting it. Yeah. <laughs> like a bird that doesn't see a window. Big bat. Yeah. Um, and it seems to, like, have great interest in Lucy. Um, and they go on a walk one evening, and Lucy's like, oh, there's that dark figure again! <laughs> and, oh my god, look at its red eyes! Um, Anybody notice that dark figure skulking around town all yeah. week? That is just weird. Yeah, and right, and, and it's like in the graveyard right now too. Yeah, okay, so I like, mean, they, where else are you gonna see it? Yeah, yeah, it's in like a spooky location, so you just gotta respect like you know the gothic grind of this. Um, and over the next few days, Lucy becomes more pale, and the holes in her neck get bigger. Hmm. Um, so Lucy, she's not doing too hot. Um, and Mina worries, you know, obviously about Lucy and, like, just the overall health of everybody around her. Because, like, ever since that ship came, things have been going sideways. (laughs) So, a letter from a solicitor is shown next, and it details the order that was placed from the boxes on the, you know ghost ship the one that arrived without the captain so you we have this like order basically this receipt and it's to be delivered to dracula's new home so we do know that those boxes it's just like the ones in his uh castle obviously dracula he was the one that was in transit oh you think so Um, Uh, Is that a fan theory? (laughs) Possibly. Uh, Or, you know, we just know that his boxes are um, coming to this new town in London. Um, And so Mina, she's saying that Lucy's health is improving and also received a letter from a hospital in Budapest saying that Jonathan has been staying with them for six weeks suffering from brain fever um a fever in general is not ideal it's your whole body boiling from the inside or whatever but the last place i want that boil at specifically is probably my brain yeah brain fever does not have a um welcoming ring to it i i gotta agree um does not sound fun And so the narrative transitions as Dr. Seward adds an entry about Renfield, uh, who's the man obsessed with eating creatures and seeing all that go down. I suppose if your passion is to be like some kind of psychiatric doctor, uh, Arthur is in hog heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. So Renfield, he's been acting pretty omnipotent lately he thinks he's god uh he's rock and kind roll. of fed up with humans lately uh, and Been he's there. very violent oh yeah not that one yeah 
Yeah, um, you know, humans can be kind of crappy sometimes. Um, and so he exclaims, quote, I don't want to talk to you. You don't count now. My master is at hand. Oh. Yep. <laughs> More coincidences. Yep. Um, and this just reminds me so much of the character from It that is, like, always chilling in prison because, you know, he killed his, uh, his pop-pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Henry Warden? Is that it? I think so. Uh, been a while since I've read the book or seen the movie. But, yeah, he's the one that's, like, in jail and he's always waiting for Pennywise at, at, in the moon, basically. Ah, oh, Henry Bowers. Henry Bowers. There you go. Henry Bowers, that's the name. And so some think, you know, he's just a very religious person, this Renfield. He um, is just, you know, he's a little bit of a Jesus freak, um, which we all are deep down, I think. Yeah. And uh, Renfield, he escapes one night, and Dr. Seward tracks him down. And Renfield is at the door of a this church that's right by Dracula's mansion saying, you know, he's like, I'm here for you, master. I'm like, I'm ready to do whatever you want. Uh, come on. Like I'm ready for my time and, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm ready to work for you, you know, um, which good for him. You know, he would work very good in a capitalistic society. Um, and they managed to capture him, but he, has like the strength of a tiger like uh the quote was he fought like a tiger and they return him to his cell and renfield says i shall be patient master it is coming so there's something going down more talk of the master this was not happening before that kooky ship the demeter the demeter rolled into port um yeah it's getting a little weird. Yeah, thing. This town is gonna be flipped upside down. Um, you know they could use more Jesus. That's for sure. A lot of evil stuff going down. And hey, more Jesus really is just what they need. Yep, yep. It's worked here in America. You see how perfect we are. <laughs> and it's worked in the book. Yep. Maybe not up to this point. Yep. Exactly. So. Uh, Mina, she's made her way to Budapest because that's where Jonathan is currently. Uh, And, you know, she gets there to this hospital and he's, like, really skinny. He's weak and pale and he doesn't remember anything about Transylvania. Like, anything about Dracula or, like, any of his time spent there. Um, But he rants about crazy stuff. But the nurse is like, you know, we have a very good policy for privacy here in the hospital so i can't tell you what he's been saying but it's some stuff that god would not like to hear Hmm. (laughs) yep um and so jonathan he still has his diary because that's what we were reading out of for most of part one and in it it has one of the events that caused his madness but he doesn't even like really want to see it and he says mina you're gonna take this and uh, you're not going to even mention what is written in there unless, uh, quote, solemn duty requires it. So, uh, rock solid relationship. Yeah. I trust you so much that I know exactly 
what is written in this book is the last thing I ever want to think about again. So, you have it. Read it if you want to. I don't care. Yeah, but really, just break the glass when there's an emergency. <laughs> Rock solid. <laughs> yep. Like, um... And yeah, as if that couldn't, like, solidify their trust, um... They decide to get married on the spot. And <laughs> I love these two. Yeah, and they seal the diary shut with wax, and they said, you know, we're not going to open this unless there's an emergency, which, you know, everything is looking pretty bright, bright and sunny. He just there. got over his brain fever. Yep. He's got a diary full of things that uh, may traumatize him if he ever learns of again. Yep. But... They can get married because they're finally back together. Yes, the mar- the marriage is going to solve all this. You know, don't underestimate the power of marriage because this is going to uh, fix all the problems. I think from this point of view, or from this point in the story, uh, you know, maybe their marriage will do just that. Yep. Their marriage specifically. Yep. Now they're the Harkers. The Harkers, oh. yes. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, where's your honeymoon? Uh, <laughs> the hospital. <laughs> yeah, my husband's still laid up in bed with a touch of the brain fever, so we're not doing a big honeymoon. Yeah, and for dinner tonight, we got uh, Salisbury steak. Um, mm. It's straight from the cane. Oh, yeah. And then uh, for dessert, it's uh, little, little Miss Debbie cakes or whatever. Yeah, there you yep. go. Just stick a candle in one of them. Yep. <laughs> um, so right now, Renfield is in solitary confinement. Like, he has the straight jacket and all. And he keeps exclaiming, Now I can wait! Now I can wait! And, uh, you know, but he can't because he escapes. <laughs> so... Uh, he goes to the chapel doors once again by Dracula's new house, and you know Dracula's probably like, "You got the wrong door, dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> Renfield, <laughs> damn you, Renfield! <laughs> you spoiled all this. Uh, and uh, do you really think I put crosses on my door? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he's going to the chapel, and he's like, you know, every time he goes up to the chapel, he's at the doors. He's like, "Let me in, let me in." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Doctor Seward's like, "All right, Renfield, this is getting to be too much." Um, so they move to capture him, and then Renfield he gets ready to attack, but he calms down because he sees this flying bat in the moonlight, in like the moonlight, ah. and he's like, "You know what?" You guys are so screwed. <laughs> Take me back to my cell. Oh, okay. I figured. <laughs> I thought that he was going to be like, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And then they just were like, wow, that just happened on the spot. You are free to go. <laughs> it's working, Dr. Seward. It's yep. really working. <laughs> you just need a little moonlight. The medical mushrooms are really working. <sighs> um, and so next, Lucy is looking very ill and... Dr. Seward notices that she looks anemic, like she is missing a lot of blood. Um, oh. And But after running some tests, uh, he's like, everything is fine. Like, this is really weird. So, seeing no other options, he decides to call up his friend, former professor, Dr. Van Helsing. Bum, bum, bum. So, did you know 
before you read this book that this is where Van Helsing originated from? No, I, I don't. Th- I, I don't didn't. think I did either. I didn't. Um, no, I just knew the movie. Um, yeah, I, I I just knew Van Helsing from the movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman, I think. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> those monsters. Um, that's all I knew him from. But yeah, he's from this book. Yeah, yes, he um, and he's an old German guy. Uh, Dutch. Yep. Old Dutch guy. Yep, yep. Um, I I think Vaughn means from, but I don't know what Helsing is. We'll get to that next episode. We'll get up. Um, but, so yeah, he's from Amsterdam, and he specializes in obscure diseases around the world. Um, like, very weird stuff. So we got our traditional doctor, which is Dr. Seward. And then we got Dr. Van Helsing, who specializes in the, you know, weirder things. Um, And he comes to visit, and he observes Lucy, and she's like, you know what? A lot of her blood has been lost. And he's like, all right, I gotta go back to Amsterdam. (laughs) I'll keep in touch with you there, Dr. Seward. I'll be right Uh, back. Just, you know, get me on Telegram, and I'll be right back. I'll be there in a jiffy. Um, and so Renfield, he is back to his old habits of catching and eating flies like the good old days. You know, he's kind of back to his normal self. Salad days. Yep. And later in the evening, he throws a fit and he tosses his flies out the window saying, I'm sick of this rubbish. (laughs) And, you know, he just wants to see his master. And Lucy, she seems to be improving, but a few days later, she is in a critical state, and Van Helsing is summoned. So Van Helsing, he arrives, and he sees that Lucy is unable to breathe well, and is white as a ghost. Like, she is doing even worse than last time. And Van Helsing convinces her fiancé, you know, I know this sounds weird, but we gotta give a majority of your blood to your fiance right now, um, and they do a blood transfusion. Luckily, they matched up perfectly for the blood test that he <laughs> did. Yep. Um, back in that day, you know, it was all blood, all one blood. You we'll know. Well, see, uh, <laughs> that's one of my personal uh, theories. I subscribe to is that blood type really is just a myth in the first. Place, yeah, you know what it's I mean? just they're like just, they just want to make it a little more complicated <laughs> for you at the blood bank. They, they they're trying to divide us by blood type. Yep. It's just like <laughs> it's just like race. You know, we're blood, all one race. Yeah, back then, blood was just blood. Yeah, you didn't have these different races of blood. It's mm-hmm. just, oh man, <laughs> uh, they just want to be upset about something, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, and so this seems to work out well, and um, and Doctor Seward, he's like, you know, Professor, like, what do you think of these? The huge holes in, in her neck, you know, like, what's going on there? That weirder. <laughs> and uh, Van Helsing, he just replies, well, what, what do you think? <laughs> uh, so Van Helsing, he seems to kind of know what's going on, but it, um, it might be out of the realm of Dr. Seward, like his rationale, uh, his rational thoughts. Um, uh, so Dr. Seward, he... He's like, you know, 
where did all the blood exit? Like, you know, there's no blood on the sheets. Uh, the gaping holes, they're huge, but it, there's no blood leaking from there. Um, so where is it all going to? And Van Helsing, he's just like, you know what? You stay up with Lucy all night. You know, I know you just, you, it's been a long day, but just stay <laughs> up all night with Lucy. Make sure she's okay, because I really got to go back to the coffee shop in Amsterdam. There's this new coffee shop that has really good mushrooms um, <laughs> for scientific pur- purposes. Bigger course. fish to fry. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, so Dr. Seward, he stays up all night with Lucy. And Van Helsing, like, as he's leaving, he's just like, all right, I'll see you, doctor. Our work is just beginning. (laughs) He probably is that excited about it, too, even though no one... I mean, the people in this book, like you said, hadn't read Dracula up to this point, so they don't even... He doesn't even know the half of it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, Like... And Dr. Seward, he's just like, uh, okay, thank you. Thank you, Professor. And so during that night, or the next night, Dr. Seward falls asleep, and while watching Lucy, or while he is watching Lucy, and when he wakes up the next morning, he and Van Helsing find Lucy pale, drained, and her gums have receded, just like that disease. Porphyria. Uh, Porphyria, you're talking about. So... Yep, Dr. Seward, you know, falls asleep once on the job, and it just, the consequences are really bad. Never fall asleep on the job. Never. Nope. Um, so Dr. Seward, he's like, you know what, I, we gotta save her right now. He starts the blood transfusion on the spot. Oh, God. (laughs) He's got, like, the hose in his briefcase. Yeah. He's just got, like, a garden hose. He's like, all right, Lucy, you just suckle on this thing, (laughs) and uh, I'll put it right on my elbow. Uh, Yep. And uh, so he completes the transfusion, and later that day... Large quantities of garlic flowers arrive, and Dr. Van Helsing, he's like, you know, this is a medicine, and uh, it's going to help her a lot, and then Dr. Seward's like, he just starts laughing, he's like, are you serious, or is this a joke? Uh, Because this is really serious. Um, and Van Helsing, he's quick to snap back, he's like, you you know, you just watch, all right? Um, and he demands that Lucy wears them around her neck. And he starts to place them, like, right by the windows, so, you know, once the air flows in, everything smells like garlic. Yeah, worse smells. <laughs> yep, and, um, yeah, he, like, basically puts it all over Lucy, and, um, Dr. Seward, he remarks that, you know, it's like, it's almost like you're trying to keep evil spirits out, and Van Helsing replies, well, perhaps I am! Yeah. <laughs> And at this point, it's like, all right, this guy is weird. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he just says that. it's, It sounds, or it might sound a little offhanded, but he's like, you don't even, you don't know the half of it, boy. Yep, exactly. He's like, you have no idea what's coming to you. And he's like, you know what? After all this garlic is put up, I am finally able to sleep well tonight, as all of you will. So after that, he... Leaves the room, and, um, yeah, we'll see how Lucy does 
in the next episode of Dracula. So that is that's our first in person podcast episode. Sitting inches away instead of ten thousand miles or however far the distance is. It's a long way. Yep. But pretty interesting. Yeah. I think my favorite part is definitely Renfield just being crazy. I like um, Renfield. And then the Lu- the stuff with Lucy is like mysterious. I have no idea what's going on there. There's a lot happening. Yep. There's the ship that just showed up in town. Everyone uh, went missing off it. There was yeah. a giant dog on the ship, too, for some reason. Yep. He's gonna... He seemingly ripped open a dog's throat. A big one. But yeah, and then just seems like there's uh, there's some type of infection coming around, you know? And This book's got a lot going on. Yep, for sure. Yep, so we'll see how the gang turns out next week. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on this on this one? Um, having it all summarized like this compared to the hundred pages of the book that this part takes up, honestly. Yeah. It is good, but they talk to the old guy for, you know... Ten pages. Yeah, they talk to the old guy for ten pages, and then they like uh, the story about the ship coming. Uh, the story of the ship that washed up from the captain is also like, well, it all started six months ago when yeah. I found who turned out to be my first mate, yeah. and then it's like once again probably like twenty five pages of that, and it is all very good and interestingly written, and it is crazy to read through it thinking of it as, like, the real-life scrapbook, piecing it all together, as mm-hmm. you put it, or whatever, but um, having it all compressed like this, it is very exciting, and we're already covering quite a bit of ground. Yeah, this is, like, a hundred pages of content, I think, so it's a lot. Most of it was Lucy being sick. Oh my god, um, 80 pages. Yeah, Lucy, I mean, it is interesting to see what's happening with her, but, um, I mean, she is, that was a majority of this part. I tried to condense it as much as possible, but like I said, my favorite parts were, like, the newspaper clippings and Renfield just, like, ah. awaiting his master. Yeah. He's like, um... He's like Daenerys Targaryen, off in a completely miles away <laughs> yeah. from anything happening with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. He's just off in his uh, own little castle. His own little uh, jail cell. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, good book. Good book. Yeah. Good outline. Oh, I tried. Definitely didn't finish it a couple hours ago, but that's no. all right. No. That's all right. Um yeah, uh, yep. it, was, it was good recording this live. I'm looking you in the eyes right now. Yep, I'm looking at Lucas through the purple frames. Uh, the cat is right next to us. Such a good cat, stranger. It's good to be back in in the United States of America. Um, seeing all my family, you know, very nice. Um, and, you know, I said... We gotta get a podcast episode in, you know? It's always been my dream. Yep, a live, in-person one. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening. 
and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. trouble with that podcast you call me of course you know oh yeah i can always do nothing with it